If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hello and welcome back into the Savage Situation podcast. It's your host here, Adam Savage. Good to have you guys here. And we've had such an amazing couple of seasons. We're back with a third season. Now I have a co-host every week, Ian Chambers. And we've got so much coming your way. And we have guests coming on. We're talking about the gaming world as well as, you know, things like online, lifestyle, sport as well. So it kind of encapsulates kind of everything that we like. And we hope you guys enjoy it as well. Now, one thing that's really going to help grow the show and expand to a bigger audience and broaden its horizons is if you guys do leave a review. It's really important important to subscribe and follow to make sure you never miss an episode but reviews are so key to getting us as high up the charts as humanly possible so that everyone can hear our brilliant podcast that you guys obviously a massive part of as well i do make sure to leave a five-star review if you can that'd be amazing with a comment as well and hopefully it'll boost our show to outer space and beyond enjoy this new episode it's a banger if i do say so myself i would say that though but genuinely enjoy Hello, welcome to the Savage Situation Gaming Podcast. I'm Adam Savage, and as a host across esports and video games, I've been lucky to work alongside a ton of brilliant people. I like to think I've gained a very unique insight into how the gaming world works. Whether you're a gamer, someone who used to play as a kid but you've slightly lost touch, or you're simply curious because you've heard that gaming can sometimes make you Hollywood money from your bedroom, this podcast is absolutely for everyone. Now, during lockdown, I've been chatting to special guests from pro gamers to streamers to the influencers who've become the faces of the industry, all about how they started and the experiences they've had in this ever-evolving world. Be sure to subscribe to be notified when new episodes are uploaded, and let's meet my guest today. On today's episode of The Savage Situation, we have gaming royalty. A gaming legend has entered the arena. Ryan Joseph Hart is an ultimate fighting game champion. He has been in the business for a very long time. One of the first sponsored players of all time. He's also a Guinness World Record holder six times over, no less. But he's also been there since the beginning of esports, where it first began and to where it is now. He began gaming in arcades around London, and he has quite the tale, which completely knocked my socks off. And you're going to hear all about it in this as well, how he became the superstar that he is today. Uh, I'm really delighted to present this episode to you. It's one of the most fun chats, one of the most insightful interviews I've ever had on the podcast. And uh, I'm delighted to share with you guys today. Honestly, you will not regret listening to this. It's fantastic. Here he is. Today is one of the hottest days in the UK this year. And also my guest is, I couldn't, have, I couldn't ask for a better guest to represent the day we have outside. Uh, he is a professional player, tournament organizer, team manager, caster, interviewer, consultant, coach, content creator, gaming legend, and I've run out of paper. Uh, Ryan Hart, buddy, how are you? Thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Hi, thanks for the great intro. I, I know how to boil an egg. Can we add that on there as well? Boil an egg and, and professional egg boiler. Done. Done. Uh, mate, it's great to have you on the show because obviously um, you're a busy guy. You've got um, so much on your schedule and it's great that you can come on the show and talk to me today. So um, first things first, um, you're in you're in Germany. How, how I am indeed, how, yes. How's, how's the last few months been in Germany since, uh, since lockdown? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's been, you know, topsy-turvy for everyone, right? And here hasn't been any different. Um, I think obviously with less cases of you know the infections and stuff happening here it's been a bit more um you know it's been a little bit more freedom i feel that people haven't been so mentally weighed down there's slightly less social oppression and stuff like that and um you know so i personally i have you know a a lung condition so i've had to really like enforce social distancing and stuff like that you know working remotely taking on less meetings um you know in person and so on um but yeah it's it's been okay you know i don't think it's been better roses for anyone but um yeah we just you know you kind of you get on with it you know what i mean and you kind of find yourself in a in a pattern in a new flowchart of life so to speak but it's been good from a perspective of being able to just reflect you know having five minutes to actually sit down and think about what you're doing you know because life life is just so fast-paced you you just what's the point in taking time to think you'd never be able to implement any of the things you wanted to, you know, but now with everything kind of slowing down, um, you have a, you know, some time to kind of value things differently and and just weigh everything up. And that's been quite nice. I've appreciated having space for that. Yeah. It's nice. It's nice to take a step back and just breathe for a second, isn't it? Because what it is, particularly the gaming industry as well, it's so fast paced and things are happening all the time. It's actually nice Mm. to kind of just go, Okay, what am I doing? Where am I going? What's 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 my name? What's happening to? <laughs> totally, it's just nice. It's really nice because um, yeah. in the UK as well, we always the, the, the news and things as well. We've always looked at Germany as like the that you, you guys were doing things so correctly where you were. <laughs> we were doing things so catastrophically badly here. So oh. it's like it's nice. It's nice that yeah. things are great. Your side, your name. Hey, I mean, I mean, nowhere was perfect. To be honest, you know, in, yeah. in Germany there were there were things that could have been done better as well. I mean, no yeah. one's you know uh, perfect in this, but yeah, we're we're all. I don't know, getting on with it to some yeah. degree. So yeah, hopefully we will come out on the other side Absolutely. relatively unscathed. Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> let's, I mean this, this is a show obviously celebrating kind of like gaming and talking about people's personal journeys mm. and history and, mm. in games. Now you have a very unique story because obviously you are, you're, you're a Guinness World Record holder. I mean, you are like a, like a massive gaming um I mean, you're 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 a gaming superstar who kind of began way back in the day, like back in like the, I think the '90s. I kind of read that you kind of really started out. Can you tell us a bit about growing up for you and how you kind of first found games when you were when you were younger? Um, well, you know, I grew up an only child uh, with a single mother, so I was often hanging out. You know, it was always about going out with friends. I didn't spend too much time indoors, um, and I was an explorer. You know, I was a very inquisitive child all the time, and I always wanted to know everything about everywhere and everyone, and I would always. T- try to find what no one else could find and so it you know just turned out that I stumbled upon a minicab station in my local area um definitely went far out of the radius I was allowed to go but I not talk too much about that um, I was 10 years I was 10 years old I was 10 years old at the time and yeah I found this minicab station and it had two or three arcade cabinets you know and I hadn't been on too many I hadn't been on too many seaside um, trips so I hadn't seen many arcade cabinets before and I was like, what's this? You know, this colored screen with flashing pixels looking at me. And I just put in my little 20p. I'd like, you know, whatever I had left for my pocket money went into that machine. And um, that was where the journey started. Wow. I can imagine you like um, 
those kids in Back to the Future 2. Do you just know that kind of <laughs> arcade machine? They just know the crack shot game. They know exactly what's up. They're like, this makes perfect sense to me. Yes, um, and it, you, I mean, it all clicked. What was, what was the game that you were playing on the arcade machine? What, do you remember what it was? The first game was Golden Axe. It was a oh, uh, yeah, 2D side-scrolling Sega classic. You know, brilliant, brilliant game to start off with, actually. Little did I know I was creating an entire future with, it, with that. But um, yeah. yeah, that's where it all began. I mean... There was no guides, there was no tutorial, there were no rule books or anything, but, you know, the rules were obvious. Just defeat as many baddies as possible without losing, you know, and, and that was yeah. what I tried to do. So, yeah, it was great. Did you did you find out that, that you, naturally, obviously, you found, I love the fact that you found, you just found the minicab station. I just, just I would love to it. see that. Yeah, it, it really was. It was uh, like, you know, you just fell down a rabbit hole and just turned, yeah. you know, just turned up in this massive palace or something, you know? I but what it. was thinking back what was so fascinating is how fast the game was able to dissolve me it, i was just wrapped up in the the game i was in that world instantly you know and that that was um yeah very 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 similar to uh you know like a disney movie or something where you just turn up in this utopia you know it's so strange i, I mean i'm growing up as well like my, my friendship circle as well like i was i was clearly very into games and, my, and, mm. I, and, and for me it just clicked it made sense like i loved mm. obviously no idea the level that you are with games but it just just being in that world as you said the kind of like the you know we had some kind of family stuff going on at home as well like in, in yeah. broken homes and stuff and it was kind right. of an escapism isn't it kind of games as well oh totally totally and, yeah and we, um, yeah we found a way to, I, I was playing games and my friends weren't really that that way inclined they weren't really that big into it so for me it was mm. more i i knew that i loved it they didn't really as much but i was captive i mean we all we all friends did you kind of found a way to kind of get your your buddies you know to play with you or you very much kind of like a lone ranger playing yeah i would definitely go with the latter there i um although i love socializing having spent a lot of time on my own i was really comfortable with just playing by myself and it was you know it i don't know if the game the game kind of became a companion so to speak Mm. you know it was like a it was like something it was like someone to spend time with almost you know it sounds quite sad actually (laughs) but yeah there's sadder things right there's sadder things don't worry there's sadder (laughs) there are there are yeah Yeah, no um, it definitely was time with the game you know let's see if I can better my performance from last time you know it was definitely this one-on-one encounter with the machine yeah did you did you find like you know you because I guess I guess with a lot of classic arcade consoles as well like arcade consoles arcade machines as well mm. from like Pac Man to you know you know, you know Mario um, mm. or, or Donkey Kong should I say you know they were all about getting the best score possible so I guess if you were that way inclined that you wanted to try and you know beat the top score every time that they were you were driving yourself onwards to get better and better at the game as well yeah definitely I was always trying to be ambitious on what I was doing on the game it was never just play you know and have fun then let's then it's over it was always like but well, what can I do different. You know, yeah. how, what can I what can I explore now? Can I go a different way this time? Is there a different way I can defeat the bad guys? Is there a quicker way? You know, blah blah yeah. blah. So yeah, there was always um, adventure there. There was always this element of what's new, what's fresh. You know, did you did you find so you found your way from I guess from from that from that minicab station? You found your way into did you kind of like naturally just just progress to kind of arcades and just kind of start finding <laughs> new things? Like how did it how did it work? I mean, you know, my mom got me like a what would it be you now? She got me like a Commodore sixteen way way back with the dark with the dark gray body and the lighter gray keys and you know obviously you had all the cassette tapes that you'd buy for 199 at Woolworths and you'd have these new games Saboteur and Paperboy and all the old classics Um, and I think that's where my very first gaming days began outside of Vectrex and stuff but um, yeah and uh, then uh, yeah then later on I think or maybe around a similar time uh, you know the arcade era began for me Um, I didn't even think of other people at the time you know like 
what if there are others that also come down often and play here, you know, or what if there are other arcades where there are different games where people go to. And so this became a, a you know, a really interesting adventure for me to just travel around the city, like walk to diff- walk in different areas, go to different neighborhoods, see what games they have in their cabbies, in their chippies, in their <laughs> bingo halls and, and game workshops. Like there were literally arcade cabinets just everywhere. You walk a few yards down any street, there's another place with another set of arcades with different games, ones that you haven't seen before, kebab houses, chippies, whatever. And um, yeah, it was just this really fascinating time of being able to be an adventurous kid in London and just wander around with no fear of anything. You know, I think that just society lifestyle was just completely different. I think nowadays parents, you know, fear for their children in many, many different ways to, you know, when, when my parents were raising me, you know, so, um, it's just so different now. I, yeah, I, 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 it's it's sad in a way as well, because, you know, there's slightly less freedom, uh, these days, unfortunately, but, um, yeah, in that time I was able to just leave the house, you know, and wander literally anywhere and just be okay, you know, get on a bus by myself or walk (laughs) it or whatever, you know? Yeah. and, And I'd find an arcade, play there all day and then come home or, you know, and it was just a great adventure. It says a lot as well when you know you're buying games at Woolworths for one pound ninety nine. Continue game, price, game prices today. You're like it's a brand new game. It's one ninety nine. I've got to say that, man. Got to say that. But I mean, it totally was, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, did you kind of like? Um, obviously, you know, you can see you were going from like you know chippy to to cab station to whatever to play in these games. Did you kind of find that there was? Did you start to meet? like-minded kind of gamers like there was like a community of a bunch of you who were kind of arcade players and that you kind of started to kind of build like a friendship circle in the gaming world then yeah i mean you bring all your you bring all of your personality to the to the stage so to speak you know like any insecurity you have if you're a shy person you know in in your local neighborhood when you go to the arcade you carry that with you so you know that you could tell that the first thing i noticed was just how diverse the players were you know, you had players from every ethnicity, every background, every every type of personality was mixed in. And it was it was really cool because you kind of became invisible there. You know, whoever you were um, didn't stand out in any any way, which was which, which was quite a good thing, yeah. um, because, you know, when you come from a, a family, you always have a certain position in your family. And, and that's who you are. And you're kind of you're kind of pigeonholed. You're, 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 you're very much defined. But then you get into this you get into this anonymous, you know, you get into this area of anonymity in an arcade where you can be as free as you want to be because there's no judgment whatsoever. And that's a great, great thing, especially at a young age. So the first thing I noticed was how diverse it was. And then, yes, there are people you naturally flock towards. You know, I feel quite cool around these guys. You know, I talk to them or they talk to me or we like the same same games. You know, there's always a there's always a connecting factor that kind of puts you around certain people. And then you just get to choose you know, who you want to be with and who you don't. I mean, there's a saying, isn't there? God decides who comes into your life. You decide who stays. And that's very much, uh, it's very much um, how it was in the arcade. And did you, I mean, when you were, when you were, when you were playing, you know, you found found these, um, you know, like-minded gamers who were doing the Mm. same thing. Did you, could you tell then that you were a cut above in terms of No, oh, no, no, no. I've got to be dead honest here. There was literally no, uh, area where i excelled over anyone else um for a for a very long time yeah no honestly it was just playing games with people and they would win i would win or you know like there were there were people i could never be you know it was just very much just everyone associating with the game having fun but there was not this area of oh wow i'm actually doing this a lot better than everyone else no that didn't happen for a very long time (laughs) Did you did you have like a nemesis as a kid? Was there like someone else who was like, dude, I hate that kid, man. I got I got I got to beat him in this game. 
I just couldn't help but shoot myself in the foot. So there was a time on Street Fighter 2 where I was getting pretty good. You know, yeah. it started to get competitive. It was about one-on-one interaction with each other. It wasn't just about beating each other's high score. It was about beating that person, you know, that was very different. And once I started to have a better understanding for how the game worked, I started to teach others who were also learning. And every time, I, I mean, literally every time I would teach someone, they would get better than me and I wouldn't be able to beat them. And that was so frustrating because I wanted to be able to like share. But it's like, damn, I can't beat this guy anymore. What's going on? You know, because they yeah. would then go, they would then use what I've taught them, go in their free time and then learn more stuff. And then I, when I'd go down on the weekend or after school, I wouldn't be able to beat them. So <laughs> that, was like, a, that was a weird feeling. You come like a, you come like a Jedi, dude. You're just teaching your Padawans how to compete. Oh, I mean, it's just, I mean, that's the, that's the comparison. I, my brain went straight too so yeah yeah no I, I get that I get that I mean he was a little bit <laughs> I mean he, he was this you know fresh faced youngster he was a bit of an Anakin Skywalker to be honest you know you could see that he had the rebel in him as well he had a mean streak you know I could see him um, it could have gone, gone either way it could have gone either way you know the dark yeah. side of the light side who knows or he, he definitely hurt some younglings in his time I'll give you that much <laughs> <laughs> so when, when when you were I mean you, you said you were you were kind of coaching you know, other you know like minded like gamers get kids right. and stuff around right. you yeah. When did you? I mean, when did you start taking it more seriously on a competitive level? Was it? Was, I, I kind of see from what I kind of what just just reading about you know talking to you in the past and things like mm. I guess it was like kind of Street Fighter Street Fighter Two Turbo that kind of you know kind of like the sixteen bit era was your kind of real time that you kind of started to shine in in, in you know, competitive gaming. I guess I feel like you were just um, you know in in this in this massive ocean you know this this ocean of a community and 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 you were pushed along with the tide you know i don't think anyone individually said right i'm gonna try and be the best you know i'm gonna i'm gonna beat everyone else it was just this i don't know this collective that everyone was just growing in their ability and so it just naturally became more competitive you didn't even need to think about what you wanted to become it was just playing the game made you better because you grew with experience but then there were others doing that and the moment it became one versus one i think that's when naturally it just becomes more competitive even if that's not your mindset it just becomes i'm gonna beat this guy you know he sits down he says can i challenge you and he starts playing and i think yeah the in terms of you know when that started to happen would have been street fighter 2 street fighter 2 turbo the first one not not super street fighter 2 turbo in the in 94 and 5 but um, yeah, so you know, way early in the '90s, you had these early Street Fighters, and that's when it became super competitive. Um, and then the first tournament, you know, in 1994, uh, it was in the Chocodero actually, uh, was when oh, it the, really oh, the became the classic Chocodero. Oh, I love it! It's got, it's gone yeah. now, isn't it? Yeah, Piccadilly. I mean, it, it is, uh, yeah. It's gone, dude. I mean, I the, the building, the building is still there, but it's not what it was. Didn't they have like a Pepsi Max thing in there as well, like a Pepsi Max ride? Or there was something in there that was... That they was did, like a, yeah. It was a crazy right. place for kids. It was an amazing arcade. Right in the center, they had like a Pepsi Max drop, like it was a vertical drop. That's they had it. like yeah, yeah. They had like a, a photo shoot gallery where you could go in and dress up as anyone you want. You could be a medieval warrior. You could be an Aztec robot. You could be anything, right? They could just dress you up. <laughs> an in Aztec the, robot. An Aztec that. robot. That yeah. is niche. <laughs> so yeah, you, you could you could, go, you could literally go in there and be any character from any uh, sci-fi show and so on so yeah it was a pretty good place yeah like you said really good place for kids um before that like years and years before that they had sega world which was one of the biggest developments that they had which oh, was like yeah. six floors of arcade games you know that was, was that massive in, was that calcutt in reading was that where that was no no like inside the chocolate oh inside they used to have, okay. yeah there was okay. a six floor arcade called sega world and it was like a 13 pound per day admission and once you went in all the games were free 
on the inception of the place but then after some time it became free to enter and then you had to pay separate for each game but that was interesting you know that was a day out for the family basically you'd take the kids there and spend the day there you know because growing up because i came from um i'm from reading originally so just outside oh okay London, like just outside yeah London. yeah and we had um in this area called calcutt which is kind of like it was basically like this estate off the off the motorway the, off the mm. highway they had mm. like uh, they had they built like a, a sega world which is kind of like the the sister kind of Sega world to the one in, oh, wow. in Piccadilly. Yeah, it was ah. it was massive. They, and they had like a crystal maze there. They had like different things. Oh, and they cool! Were, and I remember growing up, there was there was a nightclub there that was very fa- that was very famous called Utopia. And yeah. I remember being a kid going to Sega world and looking at Utopia, going, "One day, when I'm old enough, <laughs> I'll go to Utopia and I'll tear it up on the dance floor." I just, I just, <laughs> it was a thing. I was twelve, but I knew one day it was coming. One day, yeah, you knew um, the future. Yeah, but it was. I mean, those, those kind of those kind of places were great because I, I I kind mm. of felt I was the same. You know, the, you know, like friends of mine. It was all about football and about going outside and playing. Mm. But I had a real affinity for gaming, and it, there wasn't really mm. anywhere that I, you know, in my social circle when I was a kid that I could really kind of get people involved and play with them. So those kind mm. of those kind of Sega worlds and whatnot, you know, arcades were the place to go because everyone had the same kind of interests. Everyone loved it. You know, you could talk about games and not feel kind of like you know that you were you know talking to a brick wall. You actually got someone who kind of goes, oh yeah, I totally know what you're saying. So it was um it was a great time i mean when you were i mean when you were competing i mean i was gonna ask you about the street fighter too who who was the character of choice that you cho- chose in these games did you always have the same characters you used every time uh no so i think you know when it first ha- when it first came around uh ryu you know the the, sh- the the protagonist was my main character and then as characters were released i eventually grew into using dj and then dj was like my main character but up until that point i could use every character and, and but that wasn't you know now that's probably a bit more special but back then most players uh, could use almost every character so that was quite standard back then because yeah. you had so much time anyway so you were just playing the game yeah. so yeah you, you could you could commit time to using every single character did you i mean with your um you know with the tournaments you started to enter and you started to get into it was there ever a point at that you know back then like say let's say let's say you know 94 when you were at the trocadero and things did you mm. ever in a million years think hey this could actually become something which is like you know as big as it is is today was there any kind of inkling as to this is growing pretty fast this could be like a this could be like a career for me or was it always no just way. for fun no way yeah it was always always just something that's going to be fun it's just a you know it's just a recreational activity it's not something that is ever going to be part of my business life uh, it's not going to tick any boxes on the career ladder. It's just, you know, what I'm doing in my spare time. Um, I mean, th- at that time, you know, to be fair, that tournament in Chocodile was sponsored by Kiss FM, which is a, you mm-hmm. know, reputable radio station. I think it was it even, it might have even still been Pyro at that time. Anyway, yeah, and, um, <laughs> Pirate <laughs> and, and, and uh, yeah, oh, Pyro did. I know, man, even that, right? But yeah, yeah. so, um, yeah, so, I mean, it was already going places. I mean, it was literally a dude in a pinstripe suit and an umbrella and a newspaper coming to our local arcade and saying, hey, we're having this big tournament in central London. Bring all your guys down. And this guy went around all of London to get every community. Because one thing that's really different to back then is Mm -hmm. that um, now we don't have these you know, these bustling communities everywhere. Like back mm-hmm. then, you didn't need to travel because there were like 100 to 200 players just where you live that were playing every day in the arcades. You didn't need to, you know, after a certain period, you had to go to Central London to get competition. There just wasn't anyone, you know, there wasn't enough numbers in, in these local areas. But wherever you went, Brixton, Streatham, Tooting, Wandsworth, there were players everywhere, hundreds, you know. And I lived yeah. in Croydon at the time after moving from Battersea. So, yeah, and uh, that's one thing we actually didn't know. So only when we went to the central London, we realized, wow, this is, you know, it was it was like traveling uh, to another country because 
once you hit central London, then it became a lot more international because you had tourists, you know, you had people that were traveling, you had students that were studying on short term visas who were here from wherever they're from. So it was just a much more, you know, um, just just a, the variety of players grew, you know, exponentially. Did you, I mean, you, you started to migrate into other games as well, didn't you? I think that it was Street Fighter, you started playing like King of Fighter 94, there was Tekken, Tekken 2, there was like Virtual Fighter. I mean, these, did you kind of feel that it was always like you, fighting games predominantly was your kind of, your main area of expertise? Were you, was, that kind of, how did you, was that a thing that you would say that you kind of focused on? Or were you still playing like, you know, story-based games back home? Mm. Like how, how, how did it work for you? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I definitely, you know, just had an abundance of gaming, you know, of gaming appetites everywhere. And I wanted to play every genre, I wanted to play every type of game. And I had different consoles at home. And depending on what, you know, the mood was, I'd play different things. So at home, I was probably playing more shoot-em-ups, more side-scrolling action games, more adventure games, you know. But then going to the arcade is when it definitely became slowly became more and more about just winning on fighting games you know but there were days of playing racing games you know going to the arcade and playing outrun or power drift or daytona usa and you know all these other racing games that 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 people liked but i i just feel like um yeah it got more competitive and that just the drive that that drive that that that, you know it started a fire inside which became a hunger you know to just be be the best you know and um it was never planned or anything um, the variety in fighting games simply came because there was always a lull in every game's popularity. There was a period where Street Fighter wasn't hitting the numbers, so everyone wanted to play Killer Instinct. Everyone wanted to mm-hmm. play Mortal Kombat. Everyone, you know, and you just kind of flocked to where the crowd was. You know, oh, everyone's playing that now. What's, you know, what's good about that? What am I missing out on? Let, let's try this out. And I would try it, and I would like it, and I would continue. I remember being at school and like games like games like you know Killer Instinct and Primal mm. Fear and those kind of games that were was it Primal Fear? Was Pri- it, was primal, it, was rage, primal, primal Rage. Primal Rage. Primal Rage. Primal Rage. Yeah. <laughs> that was hilarious. I think Primal Fear was a film with Richard Gere. That wasn't that, yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was like it was like doesn't um, sound very good it, it was it definitely wasn't very good but they, they had like um yeah they, these kind of i remember being at school and trading like snes mm. cartridges and like mega drive oh games like it was a thing God, dude yes. man it was yes, like trading yes, games yes. like it was one thing saying hey i swap i swap, I swap you a, 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 one it was called one for one in the playground with like uh, oh, sweets and stuff but when it went to so games happy. it was like let's uh, let's trade games for a week yeah and yeah. i remember like fighting games were a big one but yeah i, I you know i think for me i going back to the arcade thing as well like i remember that kind of era where i had the home console like you like, mm. I, I was more of a nintendo kid growing up we had like mm. friends with mega drives so i was more kind of like mario and that kind of stuff but i remember growing up and my parents um separated and split up and my dad we regularly with my dad go to an arcade like a bowling alley and things when we'd kind of like you know do the kind of saw him in the week and stuff and i remember there being a few games that really stood out for me and i remember do you remember there was a a simpsons side scroller beat em up do you remember Oy, the four Dude, player one that was bro, ridiculous that, that was, was ridiculous and like marge yes. had like a vacuum and like a sphere <laughs> like by like a catapult it was dude it was amazing that, that was, was sick was, that was oh, sick yeah, yeah, yeah. if you got four players on that you were like guys we're going for this let's get let's yeah, get yeah. It. No, oh, that, that was an amazing game. there was also a oh. turtles game like that as well that there was, was the same kind of game four players like obviously every, everyone has a turtle and yep. it was the same style side scrolling action i think it was uh, even made by the, it must have been made by the same company it must have been know. it must have been, yeah it, was, it looked oh. exactly the same it was um, it was one of those games because obviously those kind of games weren't really uh, you know playable on any form of home system it was all arcade mm, stuff and yeah. i remember those games because you mentioned things like daytona usa and i remember things like that and i remember like um 
they had like House of the Dead, the shooting game, yes, and all these different yes. amazing like, arcade games that were such a big part. I mean, was it Point Blank, the shooting game? Point as well? Blank, yep, 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 by Namco. Oh, yeah, I remember so that. So good, just being in the yeah, arcade, yeah. talking about memories, man. Like oh, the arcade was just a great place to go. Yeah, um, it's a good point you mentioned about having to go there. You couldn't stay at home. Like you had, you know, if you want to be part of the action, you had to literally, you had to physically leave the house and and make a journey. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that was really important as well. And when, when they started putting um, arcades into kind of cinemas and movie theaters, dude, that was when I was like gone oh, for the man. day. I was yeah. like, play some games, watch a movie, watch sneak, a in, sneak, sneak into two or three that I haven't paid for, then go back to playing games. <laughs> there, was always, there was always that friend that works at the cinema that can get you in the fire exit. Yeah, exactly. There was exactly. always that friend. Yeah, yeah, I remember Always, that. like, free popcorn, oh, hot dogs, like, ice, like, ice slurpy, junky, like, what you drink things like. I mean, um, you, there, there was one thing, I, and confirm if this is true or not. Dude, were, okay. you, were you on hmm. Games Master, the TV show? I actually was on Games Master. Oh, yeah. Mate, Dominic this, Diamond, I'm, man. That guy's a legend. Diamond. Oh, my oh, God. And Sir Patrick Moore, dude. Like, oh, the sky. Just, yes. Dude, the man. brain. The brain with all the answers. Yes. Oh, what was that like? What was it like on Games? I mean, that was that was the creme de la creme, dude. They got on that. That was, that was it. You reached the top. So, I'll be honest. I, I, I actually think that during that time where they asked me to make an appearance on national television, I think I was homeless then. I obviously homeless. didn't tell. Yeah, I didn't. That's not information that you know, like I I opened up about at the time. But I don't think I was living. I think I was just like literally, you know, like sometimes just on the bench at Trafalgar Square for nights and stuff like that. Like, but they yeah, said, yeah, you know, we want to have you come on and play tech, and we're going to set up an exhibition. I, I was um I was the Tech N3 UK champion at the time, and you know they were like, we're going to set up this exhibition. It's not an actual tournament. It's just you're going to play one game against each other on TV. And I was like, okay, um, I don't think we got paid or anything. It was just like, come down for the day. We'll, you know, we'll, we'll sort you out some some sarnies, you know. Oh, okay. And <laughs> no, it was, it was super rough around the edges. But we went on and it was, yeah, I remember it. It was this desert scene, desert, um, kind of like desert terrain prop scene that they'd set up for us to play on. Like we were playing on the beach, basically. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, But yeah, that was such a surreal time because you're being thrown in front of cameras with lights and having makeup artists work on you and all this cool stuff. But then on the reality, you know, side of things, you don't have anywhere to live and you're just kind of floating about. So when you said Games Master, it kind of hit me as this really weird time in my life, just very surreal and bizarre combination of things happening simultaneously. It's really interesting that, isn't it? It's like, you know, from the outside of looking, you're like, oh, he's on Games Master. But for you, it's like yeah. you, were, you were kind of, ho- I mean, how could you were homeless? Was it by choice? Were you kind of outside the arcade just waiting for it to open? Like, was, it just, like, was it just like, yeah, no, 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 no. So um, my mum had some trouble with the landlord we were paying rent to at the time. And he or he wasn't paying the mortgage or something. And we just I just remember this letter with red, bold print saying we had to like, you know, be out by a certain time like there was an eviction date on there and um so yeah it wasn't my mom's fault bless her she uh just uh trusted the wrong person um but yeah that ended me up with a stint on the on the roads man on the streets you know it wasn't like you know me like lying in you know minus like minus two uh cold on oxford street outside the shop it wasn't that like that but um it was pretty bad in terms of what it did to me mentally, you know. I mean, there were nights of just being on the street, but I just tried to, like, you know, try and find somewhere that had some sort of heating source, you know, wouldn't just be, like, on the street and stuff like that. It was difficult, though. And also, yeah. people um, people are not as supportive as you think they would be. You always think, like, if I get into trouble, I'm going to talk to this person, or, you know, I'll be able to have that, I'll be able to do this, I'll be able to go there. 
And it's weird. The moment you actually have a problem, people, like, the moment you actually have something that's really heavy to deal with, people, mm-hmm. like, they can't manage it with you. They, 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 take a set, they take a step back, you know, they get, become distanced. And um, it's quite hard to process that at the time because you, re- like, it's actually a, the first time where you actually super need help. You can't do this by yourself, you yeah. know. But also that period of time is also a time where, you know, for example, my friends were still living at home because they're still at school and stuff. So it's not the kind of situation where you can be like, oh, yeah, come and crash at my place for a week. You know, they're, they're still living under their parents' roof. And it's, you know, very difficult then to kind of have someone around that's not part of the family. And, and then how long is this going to be for and what's the situation and how is that going to, you know? So it's very, very complicated. Um, but, yeah, um, I eventually, you know, and, oh, man, this is a massive a maelstrom of issues that came up at that time. Like, looking, I, I, look, I'm super interested. I think, I think it's, I think I'm sure the, the listeners as well. Like, it's such an interest because you, because these days, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry to cut you off there, but these days you kind of see, you see so many, kid, you know, younger kids that are playing, competing at a high level, playing video right. games and stuff. Who are like, you know, as, as, as you know, 10, 11, 12 years old, who've got this top spec PC, living at home, you know, background mm. lighting, all that, you know, kind of like, you know, they've got. A lot of access and stuff and it kind of puts into perspective just like mm. the struggle the, you know a lot of a lot yourself and others as well there are so many people out there who you have gone through such struggles to kind of get through to where they are today um mm. and, and and the ones that kind of have a lot necessarily might not necessarily appreciate what they have i'm just putting it out there it could be a, it's not you know not everybody but for you I mean, sure. to be you know to be you i would never have thought that you know here's someone who's a prolific you know gaming superstar mm. you know who, who has gotten to where you have and the heights you've reached who was on the streets at one stage who didn't you know had nowhere to live i think i think it's it's just really interesting um sorry I, please carry on please carry on yeah, yeah no i was just gonna say like um it reminds me of a period where i actually looked for work and had a lot of because when i go over this in my head because obviously i've had to talk about this in other interviews as well but when i talk when i think about it, it uh you know what if i could have done that why didn't i try this and there were so many clear moments of of um you know, lucid and coherent thought processes, even though I was, you know, going through depression and having a very difficult time, there were moments of like, right, I'm going to do this, this and this to get back on track, you know, and I'd go and look for jobs. And then they would tell me like, you know, we don't hire black people here, for example. And it was just like, oh, okay, another problem, you know, so it wasn't just, it wasn't just that I don't have anywhere to live. There was a bundle of problems that came from having that as a problem. You know, people, people talk down to you. You know, people have a lot less respect for you when they know your situation. There were times I'd go somewhere and I wouldn't even talk about that because I knew that the tone would change if I mentioned the reality of the situation. You know, once people wow. think you're, if people feel that you're on the same, you know, plane of lifestyle, they'll open up more to you. They'll be more transparent when they talk to you. They won't. But the moment you mention I have this and this problem, people, I mean, just look at today. If you go out and you say I'm ill, people will stand you know, three meters away from you. You know, yeah. it's, it's not, yeah. they don't always do that to be bad. It's also like, there's a degree of self-preservation in, in their actions as well. Yeah. I can't manage what this person's dealing with, so I'm going to be over here mentally, you know? And um, yeah, and, and that's just how it was. But yeah, there was a lot of just really uncomfortable scenarios of, you know, my situation making things difficult. But yeah, it means that you end up clamming up, you get, you know, you, you, you get swallowed up by the, the weight of everything and you kind of, just live borrow yourself into a into a hole and and you stay there you know and it makes it really difficult to get out of it and after a certain amount of time if you're in that rut for long enough you start to lose track of who you are as a person you know it gets very very difficult to just maintain to keep to keep the smile on to stay positive to keep reiterating to yourself that things are going to be okay things are going to get better it gets really dark really quickly 
I, I imagine. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. you, 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 I mean, you, t- you turn it around, and you know, you, you. I mean, I guess when was there a point in your time? Because obviously, you were, you were still, I presume, still competing when you were going through that kind of phase in in your life, and you yeah. get to a point where. Was there a particular moment where you kind of, you know, you 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 won a competition, you ha- you earned like a paycheck of some sort, or, or some kind of deal where you kind of managed to actually make this into a into a job for yourself? Was there a particular moment when that actually happened? You thought, hold on a second, this this could be that moment that things changed for me. I'm not sure if there's ever just one, you know, prolific moment. I, I do feel though that it was a combination of things. So I think throughout the entire period. You know, I always had gaming in the background and, and, you know, gaming, having gaming means going to the arcade and being a familiar face in that establishment where you turn up and people know who you are. They come and say hi. You play on the game. You have fun on the game. So there was a place to smile. There was a place to leave everything. You know, as soon as I walk in the arcade, I leave my problems at the door and I'm here now and I'm doing this now for the next whatever. So having that outlet to express myself, to let go of everything, to just release you know that that was super super important having gaming in my life definitely saved me from a lot of uh, despair that, that you know what that's that and that i'm that is such a refreshing thing to hear because gaming gets a lot of flack particularly in the media you mm. know than how people kind of say oh it's you know it's damaging people and this but the fact that you clearly said that here and here's someone who is who's achieved what you have to say it saved me like gaming mm. actually it was it was a crutch when i needed it to help me mentally get through the hardships i was going through is is such a positive message for people to see that it, it, it is gaming is massively helping people despite popular belief to some people yeah i know what you mean it does get a lot of negative stigma attached to it i mean i think that balance is also key here i think you know a lot of people get misunderstood they misunderstand like yes you shouldn't only play games all the time and not do anything else ever because <laughs> because like life is a lot more broad than just playing only video games yeah. but yes gaming is a great tool for many many things there are so many educational benefits there are so many personal you know like tools that you can learn you you can use gaming to learn a lot about who you are as a character who you are as a person you know i mean for people that don't play games they might find it hard to to make sense of that but it, it's really really true there are so many cool things in, in gaming yeah. um, depending on the game and, and so on but then there's also the social elements outside of gaming inside of the you know the gaming culture yeah. where you can kind of meet other people you can meet like-minded um you know like-minded opponents you can make friends you can become family with these people you know it's it's, it's a very intimate thing to get into uh, gaming as a subculture and, and become part of the communities and you know join a social network and stuff like that so um, the great thing is that the second you get into a community, you have things in common with the other people because you're all sharing exactly the same passion. Yeah. So already there's, you know, talking ground, isn't there? It's not this awkward silence you're going to have, like you might get in a bar or whatever. So I think that, you know, gaming serves a lot of great purposes. I mean, it's just, it's how it's received, you know, because nothing's perfect. You can come into gaming and have a terrible experience. You know, you can be yeah. harassed online, you can be bullied, you know, there's all kinds of... So I do get when people come in at the angle of, well, this isn't that good because of X and Y, because there are negative areas to everything, right? You know, it's about, I think it's about being honest about that part, but it is a place that helped me a lot in my struggle in a time where I didn't really have an outlet. It was something that was able to be there for me. It was something, you know, that allowed me to still maintain a social presence with other people. It's very, human interaction is so key when you're going through mental struggles. You know, I really needed that. I really needed a place where I can talk to other people and, you know, free of judgment. 
you know it's not going to be like well what's your situation now i can actually just let that go and gaming was that place for me you know maybe for other people it might be something else but gaming definitely has a lot of plus points in that department absolutely here here man i hear you i mean with mm. with with um with your career with you know, you went mm. from I remember you, you, we've chatted in the past about how you went from, um, you suddenly had, you found yourself traveling around the world, competing yeah. on, on, the, on the main stages. What was, what was that transition like? How did you go from um, competing at a local level, kind of more London-based stuff, and how did it suddenly go into this kind of whole new world of, of, of traveling the world, competing on an international level? Um, yeah. I, I mean, initially it was just based off of what I was achieving on the game itself. Um, you know, uh, one of my very, very early sponsorships was the arcade sponsoring me to play the game because they realized that if I played the game, that the arcade made money faster than if people played the CPU. That's insane. That's insane, so, so, so they paid me to beat everyone so they could make more money. And they right, made a, a lot more money. That is a, that is incredible. That is incredible. <laughs> so, so I was the CPU. It's basically, basically, basically people are paying to watch you spar. That's basically the that's basically yeah, what that is. Yeah, that's wow. what was happening. Yeah. Wow. And and did so, you, um, I mean, did you? Did you? I, mean, I, I, can, I can presume like on on like, people like like whispering, going, "Dude, Ryan Hart's here, man! I can't believe it, Ryan Hart's here, dude! Oh my god, Ryan, Ryan's that's Ryan Hart." Was it, was, was it? Did you kind of feel that in the air as well? People people kind of knew you know of um, you and that was like a, a real kind of like coup to kind of play with you against you like that's a really that's a, an amazing that's a lot of weight on your shoulders as well to kind of like continuous have to try and beat people to show how good you are i always tried to be on i always tried to join them in that you know like i because it didn't i didn't really get it that much at first but it was cool to you know feel respected and feel looked up to and feel you know like admired and and that was a great thing because it meant oh so what i do matters you know what? I, what the actions I'm doing now mean something to someone. I matter, so it's a great confidence builder as well. But then you also find yourself in this place where you can decide to be a positive influence for others. So how can I use this to help others? Like the eyes are on me, the spotlight's right here. What can I do to kind of help others get through whatever it is they're going through? You know, and that's what started off me being a tournament organizer. Gaming had got me through the biggest struggle I'd ever faced in my life, so I wanted to create a way to give the community back as a way to say thank you but also to give the opportunity that others could appreciate gaming in the way that i have and that's why i became a tournament organizer and ran all those like 50 whatever tournaments i did so having a situation where people looked up to me and thought oh it's right i've got to play him was a was my kind of you know uh, foot in the door so to speak to then get into their lives and be a positive influence so that they can then share that with whoever they come into contact with later down the line and that was kind of the thought process there and it's also it also helped me to not have an arrogant approach because i noticed a lot of the famous players when they'd come from japan and stuff they were very not they wouldn't be rude like blatantly outright but you could see this like from a distance you could see this aura of not i don't it's arrogance the right word but they were only approachable to to a certain degree you know, right, they, right. They, it's like they'll let you come this far, but stay there now. You know, you, you come far enough, you know, and I felt this mental barrier. Yeah. Um, but and I didn't want that for people around me. I wanted people to know they can just come to talk to me. You know, I'm very down to earth. We can socialize on a level. You know, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, yeah, one of the things I wanted to do differently to the other people that were kind of um, admonished and admired.
Yeah. Well, I remember meeting you uh, way back. I mean, I think about 20, 2011, I think we met each other. Uh, way back in the day. And I think you we both came from different points, you know, places like you obviously you're being a professional fighting game champion. I was coming up kind of trying to rise the ranks kind of like from a broadcast kind of presenter mm. role, um, you know, in gaming and things. And it was, it was, even then I was kind of, I mean, we, we, play, we, we played against each other a few times. I, I, yeah. I was, I was like a punter having a go with Ryan Hart, the famous <laughs> Ryan Hart. You came on a show mm. that I was doing called Jinx Live. And we were there, and I ah, yes. and I picked up a controller, and you were like, because I think I think there was a I think it was a, there was a new Injustice game or something came out like a fighting game, yeah. Yeah. and it was there, and you and I was like, Ryan, how do I get how do I get good at fighting games, <laughs> right? And you and you and you were like, seriously, <laughs> was tell there's, there's no kind of magic serum, it is that, like there is you know you've got to be you know practice practice practice. <laughs> And I, and I said, and you said to me, oh, um, man. you show me what, how you play this, this kind of like round, this fight, you know, injustice, whatever it was, and and I'll give you some feedback. And I literally button bashed the whole, the, the whole thing. Didn't it, there was there was no there was no <laughs> skill. And I remember you looking at me, and there was a pause after I finished, and you two went, "Are you serious?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." yeah. And, you, and you were like. You're not even get you, you're not even getting the basics, mate. Like you're not even getting the, the fun that you, you can, do. You know oh, how to man. throw a fireball? And I was, and I was like, yeah. you know, and, I, and I was completely kind of like, okay, there is there is so much I don't know about this. Like you know, because it's it's like I guess it's like it's like chess. I could compare it to you. Every move has a counter move. There's always you know thinking mm. four or five moves ahead. Block. There's so there's so much to kind of come with it. And I, there was me mm. just like literally smashing buttons, hoping for the best. Um, it, it, but I remember, you know, obviously, yeah. you know, and I bring up every time we see each other, like, you know, oh, we played, no. we played Nidhog on on the on the show, and I don't think you'd ever played it, but so good. I love that. Yeah, I lo- I'd never, never played, played it. Before. it. Yeah, and I, and I played it a game. few times, so I kind of knew the basics. And I, I remember when we were filming, I beat you, and I was like, "Yeah, I've beat Ryan Hart on television," and ju- I went crazy. But <laughs> you just, went crazy just, about literally that. the moment the camera stopped, you went, "Give me one more go," and you smashed me like smashed. I was like, "Right, he knows the buttons." Thank, <laughs> thank God that happens while the camera's. <laughs> But what, what, would, what, would, what, would be, what would be your kind of oh, basic that. fundamental kind of like what are the basic fundamentals when it comes to, to come to fighting games that you would say are are the key things to, if you're coming into it brand new like you know you've not touched one before really what are the basic few things you'd say you need to kind of do to kind of get your head around things like honestly honestly in the very very beginning I really think that the most important thing is to have fun enjoy it if the game's not enjoyable it's going to be very very difficult to excel i i really feel like the one of the biggest stepping stones that people miss out on on their journey to getting good at a fine game is where you're ha- where are you having fun where is this enjoyable for you you know and I, I feel like if you miss that you're not building the correct foundation so everything else you do after that is going to be a little bit your progress is going to be marred on on some level you know to some degree yeah. um and and i get a lot of questions i every day i get questions on facebook how do i become a pro player how do i win a tournament who should i pick that's going to win the, the event for me you know what how do i get sponsored you know that, like every day and no one ever just says like you know what game's the most fun you know what what's what's easy to have fun on what's the most enjoyable game you know no one comes at me like that everyone's thinking about you know big money figure you know six figure salaries from <laughs> traveling the world and being part of a, a, a sick organization that pays for everything like you know and it's just i think the glitz and glam of esports has kind of taken over people's minds you know a lot of the young talent coming up they see that and they think oh my god they see the the bright lights of the um you know of the spodek arena you know katowice they see all that <laughs> stuff and they get they they just yeah it's just the dollar signs in the, in the pupils you know and it's um I mean it's great to have ambition I like that I like that there's drive there but I really feel like it should start 
with something that is you. You know, it should start with something that's actually you, not, well, my friends are doing this, so I think I have to, you know, be part of that as well. I think, yeah, I played this game and it's fun. How can I get better? Those things are fine, you know, but literally just out the gate, right, how can I be the best at this? You know, I, I'm not sure if that works, if that's the best way to... And even if you take that route and you get good, I think you could have been even better at the other thing that would have been more your cup of tea, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah so anyway... Um, so have fun that would be my first uh, port of call have fun enjoy it and then I would say um, get involved in your community you know get involved with others that do it as well that are playing as well there's so many ways to talk to people now there's YouTube there's Discord there's you know many many different websites um, that talk about how to get involved there's forums you can find other people on I mean there's just so many gaming platforms you can get involved with so yeah join a community be part of a social movement that's um, focusing on the games you like to play because that will help you learn and also you'll have people to learn with and um, learning's a lot more fun like that in general especially when it comes to gaming definitely definitely I mean so, yeah. you, you you, I mean I mentioned this earlier on but you, you've got four do you still hold four Guinness World Records right? so there Go has on. I've had a I know it's just insane but insane. I had a, I had a phone call with uh, Guinness not too long ago I think it's about a month ago now mm-hmm. um, because there is some um, there is different text on the website to on my actual record so we were just having a meeting about you know how we update this and it turns out I've got six records because there are two I never knew about what? and they have they ha- they have them on their uh, database but they were never. Uh, released on the website so i actually have six guinness world records dude you got change I, di- your, I didn't even know you got change you got change your twitter bio dude <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it just feels stupid now like um you know 99 record like it's just it's not about the records you know i just enjoy it it's fun and you know that it doesn't need i don't need to you know like broadcast but i guess maybe at some point i might have to <laughs> update it what are they but what yeah are they, what, what, are they, what are they for specifically do you know so um yeah so the two that i didn't know about is um i've got the most top finishes at uh, evolution championship series on tekken mm-hmm. so i've i've got the most grand final appearances of all time uh, um at evo and um the most international fighting game competition wins the most world traveled fighting game champion so i've i've uh, won tournaments in more countries than any other player and i was only allowed to list the country if i actually won the tournament i couldn't it can't be that i just traveled there and came third I, if only if i won it was it able wow, to be on the list yeah, yeah so um, most tournament wins in Street Fighter, most consecutive opponents in Street Fighter Five, and longest winning streak on Street Fighter Four. So a lot of it's very Street Fighter heavy, but yeah, um, yeah the other three I'm very happy about because they're kind of um, expanding on just gaming in general and not just Street Fighter specifically. So yeah, quite happy about those. That is just I mean, it's, the the insane amount of accolades you've got. It just blows my mind. Like it, 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 when you say things like that, you kind of because again on, on on Twitter already you can't you put champion of forty game titles in thirty countries, over three hundred tourney wins, a hundred trophies, five Evo Grand Finals, and four, and well now six Guinness World Records, and then <laughs> you've also been inducted into the International Video Game Hall of Fame, bro. Like <laughs> what? That's crazy. What was that like? It was a nice feeling. It. They initially contacted me about inducting me for accolades in the 90s, which felt a bit sort of, I don't know, a bit late in the day. A bit late in the day. I, I mean, I was very appreciative of that. It, so one, it was a bit late in the day, but two, it wasn't really acknowledging what I'd done now kind of thing. So I didn't really get part of that. But then in the actual thing, they kind of said, I think they you know, said, yeah, 1990s to 2009 or something like that. So they kind of tied it up with the, uh, with the timeline that they gave the final... Um, 
the yeah. final record, you know, final achievement yeah. in the induction. So that was okay. But um, yeah, it's it's a great feeling um, because it's kind of like a, you know, someone acknowledging the the, the, the not even just you know accolades, um, not not just each individual accolade, but the longevity that the career has had, you know, and and that's something that I uh, value because. Um, you know, I, I think it's not as difficult to just be a champion, but I think it's quite hard to continuously be on top for a certain period. I find that um, quite difficult. I've, I've had, I've struggled to do that. So to know that someone recognized that as something good is quite a nice feeling. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, it's, I mean, to be in any kind of hall of fame is, it's massive. <laughs> I, I mean, that, I mean, that's, that, congrats again, mate. I think that's fantastic. I mean, I, there are lots of really talented, amazing players, you know, like they, they, seriously, like there are so much, there are so many talented superstars around the world that have, you know, just as much talent or even more talent than I do. I don't know. It's just, I'm really, really passionate about what I do and I've worked really hard at my craft. But I, you know, I think that in terms of just like talent, I think there's a lot more uh, people than, that could do more than, than I've done, to be honest. Were there some players over the years, was there, was there one, maybe two players that stuck out for you as being like the, like the beasts, like the ones that you were going to go, that person is on a, is just next level incredible at, at games. Has there been like kind of any ne- nemesis along the way that you kind of, or like not necessarily nemesis, but kind of players that you have worked with or played against you've thought, they've got something special here. I feel like there are a few players that kind of are a cut above the rest. And when I look at, you know, the fine game community as a, as a, as a, as a collective whole, I feel like there are a few players doing a bit more than, than the regular pro players, you know? Um, so yeah, I would say um, for me, players that I respect, um, definitely Tokido from Japan, mm-hmm. uh, definitely Daigo as well. Uh, Goichi, his, uh, his name is Goichi. Um, <laughs> really, really, yeah, they have very unique names, some of these players. Um, but yeah, so uh, he's also a very talented multi game player. Sonic Fox from America, um, great player. And do, do you, I mean, what, what, what separates is it? Just, is it just speed, skill, understanding of the, the game's meta? It's the speed in understanding what to apply. You, okay. know, they're, 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 you know, this is something that you learn from experience as well. But, you know, a lot of these players have been able to do that quite quickly. And, um, you know, and also in, in a transferable method where they're able to show that on multiple games. They're not just mm-hmm. doing it on one game and sticking with it. They're showcasing this variety and ability on many, many games. And um, I think when I was a bit younger, that was a bit more common. You know, like I was saying earlier with the character Street Fighter, playing multiple games was a bit more standard uh, when I was growing up in the arcade days because... You know, a new game comes in, everyone flocks to it, you know. So you kind of know a bit about all the games. Um, but these days, people just have their main thing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you, you just play Counter-Strike or you just play Dota or you just play League of Legends or you just play Heart, you know, Hearthstone or whatever, you know. But there are players that play multiple games and um, there haven't been that many that do that these days, you know. So seeing these guys come out, um, you know, Chris G is another top player that does that as well. And yeah, there's so many amazing players that are able to do that. And that stands out for me. You know, it's, it's because you need all the other things to do that. You need the fast um, reaction speed. You need the hand-eye coordination. You need the creativity. You need the aggression. You need the patience. All the skill set, every single attribute that's, you know, needed to be good on one game. You need 
in a transferable format as well. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, really really awesome. I mean, you, you've you've made the transition now as well, going from you know, are you still are you still competing professionally? Have you hung up your kind of controller and joystick now? <laughs> it's always you... a, such a difficult question to answer because I I still play. I mean, I won my last tournament. Well, I mean, everything's online now, but the last tournament I won was in April this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm still winning tournaments somehow. Um, when I, when I have a bit of time, I don't I don't have I don't I definitely don't play anywhere near the same capacity as I used to, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, when I have time, I do like to play a little bit. And you know, if I'm in decent shape at the time the tournament comes around, then I have a shot at winning usually. But nice. um, yeah. I mean, you, you the yeah. tra- so the transition from going from oh, the- oh I I forgot Justin Wong. I have to say Justin Wong. I, it wouldn't be fair if I didn't say Justin Wong. He's an absolutely amazing player that fit that ticks all the boxes of the other players I, I mentioned as well. Well, coming mm. full circle, you talked about your upbringing earlier on and, and mm. your mum I mean um, you found out some kind of interesting stuff about your dad a few years ago like yeah he's, he's also kind of in that gaming stratosphere as well weirdly so as I mentioned earlier you know grew up single mom um, love my mum to bits definitely best mum on the planet sorry other mums um, but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah you know I uh, never knew my dad not even a photo I mean really didn't know him you know didn't know what his voice sounded like didn't know what he looked like like really did not know my dad um, and there was a time, I think I traveled to Australia. I just got back. Uh, kangaroo jerky was gross in the flight. Anyway, so yeah. So yeah, I come back on from Australia and, and I hadn't seen my mum for a bit. And so I called my mum up and I was like, mum, why don't you come around for dinner? You know, I'll cook. And so she came around and, um, and we just had a chat. This is like, what now? Eight? Let's see. Uh, about eight years ago? Yeah, about eight years ago. And um, she came around and, you know, during dinner, my dad came up. You know, the topic of my dad came. We just started talking about my dad. So um, after you know, put the plates were in that, and Mama went to sleep. I stayed up and decided to Google my dad. I had Googled him in the past, you know, but that was way in the early days of Google when you know it hadn't. There wasn't really much you could, you know, in, in the way of hits. Not much would come up when you would Google someone's name. But so much has happened since you know the inception mm-hmm. of, of Google that now there are some some results and. Um, yeah, I, I just, I found him on Google, dude. Like, I, I saw some photos come up and I confirmed with my mom. I was like, mom, is that him? And I just Googled, I always knew what his name was. So I Googled his name and I was like, mom, is this him? And um, the first few photos were a bit ambiguous. So she was like, I'm not sure. And I think he even said at one point, no, it's not him. But then later on, I found more. I kept digging, you know, I found like a whole, I, I found like a whole uh, website where he had done basically an, M- an AMA where he had, you know, come back from winning a poker tournament and all his fans had reached out to him. And I'm like, oh, this dude plays poker. Okay. And I found like a Sky News video um, match where he'd played on TV and played poker on TV and <laughs> trolled the crap out of everyone at the table. And I was just like, this can't be my dad. Well, actually, maybe it can be. And um, yeah, and, and it, you know, it turns out he's a very um, reputable poker player. So I was wow. like, okay. Yeah, which was also fascinating. Um, and yeah, and eventually, you know, I found out but you know of course you find out who he is and then it's like well okay i still don't know where he is i still don't know how to reach him you know and do you really want to show up to a poker tournament and be like hey i'm your son you just lost 30 million but hey or you know he's or, or he's just one day i'm like hello i'm your son you know either way i i didn't want to be secondary all i really wanted if i'm honest is just to sit with him in a park on a bench and just talk you know but yeah. i couldn't set that up without the initial like reaching out on Facebook, reaching out on Twitter, and which is exactly what I did in the end. I reached out on Facebook, and that's how we got connected. Wow. But um, yeah, it was a very um, difficult time for me. I mean, it's a milestone that I've been trying to reach since I was born, you know. And it took me 34 years. So 
uh, one of the biggest moments in my life was actually just meeting my dad for the first time. Wow. Was he was he surprised when he found out what you did as well as a as a career? Was he like? I th- I, I think he was. Yeah. Um, there was one moment that hit me at the end of our first meeting. We had a lunch together, and he you know he showed me around his city, and we had a great time. And um, when we were leaving, he just turned to me in the car and he said, "Son, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of what you become. I'm really happy." that you are my son and he just really laid it all out and it was yeah it it was you know the first time we'd actually we'd spoken on the phone we'd spoken a bit on Facebook um, but this was the first time we were ever actually meeting in person face to face and um, you know there were a couple of key things he said to me during the day and he'd said in previous calls but this was massive I mean a lot of you know there's so many years of pain that I've had from not having a bigger family circle, from not having siblings, from not having a dad that was around, you know? So having him say that to me just meant the world. It really did. It stays with me to this very day. It's amazing. That's mm. it's, it's, I'm so glad it turned out that way, you know? And you, and yeah. And to, and to hear that after, you know, mm. someone who you haven't seen for, you know, you've been thinking about probably for the last 35, 34 years, as you said, yeah. like, to suddenly have that kind of, the clarity of okay that's you know that means mm. a lot to me i think i was ready means... for anything to be honest yeah, i was yeah. at that point no seriously like i was ready for him just being a complete jerk and you know someone that doesn't want to know me and you know or, or someone i wouldn't ever want to know you know yeah. so i just wanted to know that though i didn't mind if he was that but then i know that and i wanted the experience of knowing that for myself you know and my mom was great she never talked bad about him you know she growing up she never said a bad word about him she always kept it neutral and she wanted that i would make my own decision one day she always wanted that you know and i'm really grateful to her for not planting seeds of negativity about his character or anything like that you know it was great she just left the door open for me and um, i've kept her informed every step of the way because at the end of the day she was the one who was there for me so that's how it is you know she sounds like a a very special lady dude she really is (laughs) Uh, we'd like to finish up our um our episode of the show by asking very quickly um all of our guests what their top five games of all time are it's a hard question but just five games that come to mind that you think are particularly special to you that you've you've loved the most do you have any kind of that you can share with us and let us know what your top five are grand theft auto 5 that's 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 it that's in there virtual fighter 4 evolution that's my that's my okay. five that's my fighting game. <laughs> uh, Tetris Attack. Okay. Tetris wow. Attack. Um, that game is just ridiculously fun and hard at the same time. Um, I think there's a new Tetris game coming out soon. Actually, I think I saw that. Oh, really? Of, yeah, I think I saw that. Like, uh, I think it was the, was it maybe the Microsoft kind of recent kind of Xbox coming soon. Uh, I think there's a new Tetris, dude. So oh, keep, keep okay. to the ground on that. One. Metal Metal Gear Solid series. Don't ask yeah. me to pick one, but Metal Gear Solid series. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. That, yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> Last one. And then number five, number five, number five. Um, 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 um. I think the Mega Man series for me, just because of oh, what that yes. did for me as a kid. Mega Man. Mega and, then, Man. And, then out, and then out of that series, Mega Man 2 for what it meant to me at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that, that series was just ridiculous. Hey, ga- games. I, I find that memories, nostalgia, attached. To my favorite, my favorite games are always when I was in a really good place in my life, where I have great memories of that particular time. You know, yeah, well. so oh, definitely. It's like music, right? Absolutely. Same thing. As, yeah, yeah, absolutely. totally. But honestly, honestly, there are so many that I just can't pinpoint. Just like I can't nail it down to you know a few because they were just 
really, really too many amazing games. Well, mate, we, we've we've talked about so many different games, and we've talked about your incredible like story. And again, like I'm so pleased you came on the show because I think I think you you highlighted some really important stuff as well. I'm so glad you mentioned that. You know, hearing about your life and your kind of journey is is such an it, it's it's such a there's it, such great insight into you know that that champions of any sort come from very different you know have different stories backgrounds and things mm. i think it's and it's amazing i love the fact, the fact that we've got this very similar kind of like a very similar feeling about games when we were growing up definitely i kind of felt they were very kind of special to us even though other people weren't as as inclined yeah that's it was true. something very very special so uh, oh. thank you so much for coming on the show pleasure man um, thank you for having me i really and, appreciate you uh, giving me the time to speak oh of course and and uh, i look forward to catching up in person soon hopefully when the world comes back to, gets back to normal again we can actually see each other and you can properly show me how to actually hold a controller when it comes to a fight. I need, I need that in my life. Um, but, um, dude, Happy to impart. Thanks, buddy. All the best. Thanks, and, man. Take uh, care. I'll see you soon. Cheers, pal. All right. Take care, man. See ya. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the show. Don't forget to subscribe to the series so you're notified when the Savage Situation is back with a new episode. And if you enjoyed it, then rate it. I'm also on Twitter at Adam Savage. Drop me a follow and be sure to share how much you enjoyed this podcast with the people around you. Until next time, it's goodbye from me. A massive thanks to you guys for listening to this episode of the Savage Situation podcast. It's been so much fun. Uh, do as well. Make sure to check out the YouTube videos. Mentioned this at the beginning. We have all these videos of the, the episodes on YouTube. We also have as well highlight clips. So make sure to check it all out. Savage Situation podcast. You can find us on Twitter, on Instagram. You know, we want to grow this community as big as we can. And you guys have been so supportive so far. And it's going to get bigger, better, faster, stronger. Thanks so much for listening. Take care. And we'll see you next week. That's right. On the next one. Take care for now. Thank you. And bye-bye. 